Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu, and I'm joined, as always, by Tom. Hello. And by Chris. Hello. Hello, and we're here to review the Singapore Grand Prix, where, in which a lot happened. A lot did happen. Over the race weekend, a lot happened, but somehow managed to be not that good, I think. And not a lot of racing seemed to happen, despite it being an eventful race. It was a very strange race. So really weird race. Tom, Tom's trying to get in. Go on, Tom. I was just going to point out a question of a, a question, no, a comment of a more casual viewer that I spoke to earlier, whose words were, did you watch the Grand Prix at the weekend? I really enjoyed it. What? Yeah. There you go. It, I feel like it I was went two through... and a half hours long. Could have been <laughs> like... why he enjoyed it. Well, it was three hours once you start counting well, for when it was he, supposed to he start. enjoyed it he enjoyed Three it that much he watched the live coverage on sky then re-watched the highlights wow. for additional analysis on channel four is that's that, how much it, he enjoyed it is this a conversation you've had with a goldfish were they forgetting <laughs> the things that were happening now, because there now, was now, such a long space of time in between you've everything? both met andrew and you know that that is a slightly harsh comment <laughs> <laughs> It was yeah, he, like he I enjoyed remember, it. I remember what felt like an eternity into the race, and basically nothing had happened, and realizing only about eighteen laps had gone by. Yeah, and then it like it just seemed to flip on its head, and everything happened. Yeah, the, the, towards weird. the end, I will admit, towards the end, it, it got interesting. The last yeah, half we, an hour of it was good, but it was definitely slow goodness. starting. I think there the, there wasn't much going on for the first, like you say, the first. I don't know what was it like. <laughs> 45 minutes those first like however many laps it was which i think would have been more palatable if we hadn't have had to wait an hour longer than we expected for it to start i think if Mm. it started when it was supposed to and then we had that i might have been more willing to accept the slow start of it when it's like i've sat here for an hour waiting for this and nothing is happening but um yeah then it all just went insane yeah. yeah, but I, I still don't think in a good way, though. But anyway, um, shall we shall we talk about it? Chris, do you want to take us through the notes? Do you want to take us through the race? Let's talk about it. Um, we'll just sort of pick a few drivers and teams and have a have a chat. We'll start with Perez. Um, people have been... I've seen people say it was his best ever drive, Christian Horner included. I'm maybe inclined to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, there's, wasn't there's, perfect, that, but... there's that Malaysian one in the rain when it was at Sauber. Yeah, and there's his first win in Bahrain a yeah. couple of years ago. But mm. best recent I, drive. I would argue <laughs> that um, it was actually quite easy for him. I, Ooh, um, I don't think I'd agree with that. I don't know how easy it was, but definitely towards the end when he was basically told, you know, you're potentially getting a five-second penalty, we need to make yeah. that gap. He just kind of turned it on and went. So yeah. it does make think, me feel like, to a degree, I, I, I agree with Stu, where... There was a lot was, left in the it, tank. Yeah, exactly. He was like kind of just holding off a little bit and bringing it home safely. And then when they realised they needed to make a gap, he just kind of went and Leclerc couldn't keep up with him. So well, I do oh, think there was definitely uh, an element of like kind of coasting it home for, towards yeah, but, the end of the race. I will say, leading up to that, though, you know, there were very, very tricky, tricky conditions. And that yeah. aspect of the race, the, the first, the sort of the first half of the race, when everyone was on intermediates. Um, yeah, fair, you know, fair enough. That's a warranted comment, I think, to say he's had a really, really good drive there to to maintain position, to hold up, to get ahead 
of the of the Ferraris in the first place, uh, well, the Ferrari in the first place, and then to maintain that and keep them at bay um, through that period of the race is absolutely a mighty, mighty, mighty drive. But I will say, you know, towards the end of the race, definitely he that car was a lot better in drying conditions than what the Ferrari was. Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the impressive part yeah. is definitely when it was wetter. Like in a race where you've got Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen making mistakes, for him to not make any big mistakes uh, saved yeah. a lot, I think. And yeah. there were sections of the race where he had Leclerc breathing down his neck and he had to navigate who knows how many safety car restarts it was in the end. Um, yeah, really impressive. I, I, very, really good. And a, and a drive he needed. I think... A lot's been made of his kind of struggles recently. I think they've maybe been a bit overblown, but definitely a result he... It's not going to do him any, any harm, is it, a result? Like no, I mean, no, race wins can't hurt, can they? Yeah. No, exactly. Especially those kind. So, yeah, yeah. When, when he's had to hold off. But, yeah, I think I, I was probably being a little bit unfair, actually. I, I was thinking more about <laughs> the end. Like, yeah, you yeah. are right. It was a mighty drive. Yeah. Uh, we do then have to get, I guess, into the meat of it and talk about the reason that even after all those hours, we still have to wait another hour or two to actually get the final race result. Formula <laughs> E called, they want their format back. Yeah. It's safety car infringement. So we ended up with two rulings from the stewards for him not keeping within 10 car lengths of the safety car. First ruling was lap 10. Uh, I'm going to read you the quote from this because it's it's peak F1 stewarding. When questioned during the hearing, Perez said that the conditions were very wet and it was difficult to closely follow the safety car with little heat in his tyres and brakes. Although the track was wet in part, we do not accept the conditions were such as to make it impossible or dangerous to maintain the required car lengths. Nevertheless, we took into account the wet position, the wet conditions, <laughs> and the difficult to by Perez as mitigatory circumstances. So which was it? Did you take it into <laughs> account or didn't you? Why not such both? Such a bizarre statement. Um, but yes, anyway, they accordingly determined that a reprimand, reprimand ought to be imposed. So he got a reprimand for the first one. The second ruling said that on lap 36, he dropped too far back between turns 9 and 10 and the stewards warned Red Bull, who passed on the message to Perez. And he then dropped back too far again on the same lap between turn 13 and 14. And they classed that as a second breach and that got a five-second penalty and two license points. So... That's just so stupid. So is it not... Should that... I mean, really, we're count, what, what we're counting up there is a 15-second penalty. There should have been three five-second penalties during all that. Yeah, penalty. but normally you don't get a five-second penalty for it. You get a reprimand for it. Like, Vettel's had a reprimand for exactly the same thing in the past, for example. Yeah. Which is, what, which is exactly why this is right to me, because... Basically, your first incident is a reprimand, like, don't do it again. Your second incident, which is the other one, is you're going to get penalised for it. Well, there's three, though, isn't there? Because he did it at lap 10, and then he did it on lap 36, and then again on lap 36. So that's this three. is the weird part, yeah. Like, the, the reprimand follow-up penalty, no problem. But the way that they have issued two statements but described three incidents... Is weird. It's just they've contorted a way of only giving him a five-second penalty. This, and this is... So, I mean, to say up front, I'm glad the result wasn't changed. I think for him to have lost the race win because of this would have been a bit silly and a bit petty. However, 
I think the fact that they decided to investigate this after the race and gave him a penalty which didn't lose him the win knowing how many seconds he won the race by feels very convenient. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. I mean it's, it could the, both silly. both could have been done during the race. That's the exactly. that's the important point there. Yeah. If they'd have basically said that the first one is essentially a reprimand warning and will be dealt with after the race like as in a non-race inflict you know you know non-race affecting punishment and then the second one was a 5 second penalty there'd have been far less issue because the teams the teams clearly knew or red bull to some degree knew that one was likely to be a penalty and one wasn't so something must have already been said for them to go on the radio to him and say we need a five-second yeah. gap. Because I'm telling you, when he got to seven, eight seconds, he could have probably got a 10-second gap had he needed to. So the, there's some there's something within that that they already knew one was a reprimand, one was a penalty, I think. Mm, that's that's so kind of what why, why not just says. Why not just make it official? Well, why not it's just cause... do their job during the race in the first place? Yeah, that's what that's I mean. Thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what's the point in having stewards for a race if they're just not going to yeah. do anything until after the race? It seems especially like something that's affecting the race directly. Like, come on, the the whole Latifi Joe incident is yeah. Investigate that after the race. They're both out. It's not going to affect anything yeah. there yeah. and then in the moment. Yeah, preoccupy your time with other things instead of that. But this was unfolding in front of us. It needed dealing with. That's that's the bit of it that's wound me up and annoyed me the most, is the fact well, that the, they were just like brushing it under the carpet until afterwards. And then yeah. that instantly causes your whole, like, I don't know, rumour mongering and all that stuff that goes on through Twitter social storm. media. And, yeah. All I that think, stuff. like, the, the key to this is if they just said something issued a punishment or a warning after the first time it happened on lap 10 then mm. it wouldn't have happened again if they if they were able to say to him on lap 10 don't do that again if you do it's a penalty then it doesn't do it again and then the, yeah, yeah, potentially we have think, a different outcome of the race even so i think what's weirder as well though is that they didn't pick it up until the second time so whether there was something else going on that meant that it wasn't picked up but somebody commented on it first time it might have been hamilton it might have been someone else somebody definitely commented it, on thinking, it first time he's a, i remember seeing it thinking he's let the car go no it was hamilton who said he's gone without, he's, he, he's let he's, he's let the safety car go and the lights haven't gone out is what hamilton yeah, said yeah basically and he, i remember seeing the pace I, I saw exactly that i remember i was watching it and i saw the lights still on the safety car from the helicopter view and yeah the the red bull was miles and miles and miles behind it and I just like because <laughs> the, the the argument is always like oh well the uh, race directions are busy during that period make sure the track's safe and all guys in the safety car so like they can't look at everything in the moment and they, ha they have but to look. but like I just don't buy that as an stewards, excuse though. exactly yeah, yeah I'm just like, saying I know there's two like, separate people <laughs> and and if, if if you can't look at two different things happen at the same time then employ more people to do the job like yeah, there's it's, 20 yeah. cars on track. Like, you need to be able to keep track of everything that's yeah. going on. Otherwise, it's rules really are going to get broken. Like, it's so it's dumb. It's so stupid. Um, I'm bored of talking about this now. So, shall we talk yeah, about Yeah, it's... <laughs> like I say, I'm glad it didn't change the resort of the race in the end. I, I think it would have been a real... A bit of a silly way to change the resort of the race. And the fact that we had to, like, finish a race with this asterisk hanging over it. I, I don't know. 
yeah, it's yeah. silly. We'll move on. Insomnia, um, you, insomnia medication is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we should mention Ferrari because they came second and third, which isn't a bad result. But ultimately, I think they probably had, at least in the wet, I think they had a quicker car but couldn't really do anything with it. As you say, once yeah. it dried out, Perez was gone. But, um, I mean, Leclerc was quick. Sainz had a pretty poor race. He was lacking pace the whole time. I think Sainz only really got that podium because everyone behind him had problems. Yeah. It's the, um, the perils of a wet race, though, isn't it? Or, well, a, a mixed race, like what it is. Like, it's he kept it on the tarmac while other people were putting it in the barrier. So yeah. Something it's weird because science, science historically has been pretty decent in like yeah. tricky damp conditions, but yeah, struggle. Yeah. Um, Not so much in know. Imola. Similar conditions in Imola, weren't they this year? Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't do so great in Imola. I don't think he got past turn three. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, technically, to close the gap in the championships, in reality, it doesn't make any difference because yeah, they're going to be wrapped up probably next race, <laughs> maybe the race after. Uh, but we'll move on to more interesting things. Uh, McLaren and Alpine, uh, they're probably the tightest fight in the championship at the moment for um, yeah. fourth place. Uh, ended with a fourth and fifth place for McLaren, which is their biggest points haul of the whole season. First points for Ricardo since France. It's only the sixth time he's finished in the points all what? season. Is oh rough. God, that's crazy. All those times that I said vehemently that ricardo was not slower than russell i just they have aged so mean, badly you mean norris but yeah norris sorry yeah you, you get those two mixed up all the time Nussel and russell yeah see <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what i was going for i i didn't even manage to do the the mess up right because it was supposed to be Nussel and i can't even i can't even <laughs> want it to be russis 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 no careful there um, <laughs> yeah. <on>. So um, <laughs> yeah, great because result for McLaren, particularly because Alpine had a double retirement, a race they were looking pretty quick at. Uh, it looks like potentially it's the same power unit issue on both cars. Uh, Alonso was sixth at the point he retired. Um, in fact, I was really disappointed because he was like him holding off Verstappen was such a entertaining yeah. part of the race, was. and then. The Renault engine went. No, we don't actually. Yeah, actually, no. Of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, real disappointing. Alonso, now he knows he has no reason to keep that team happy. Um, spoke his mind afterwards. Alonso's favorite game this season now is telling journalists how many points he thinks he's lost because of reliability <laughs> problems. I think he's running totally sixty points now. He's lost this season. <laughs> um, he's probably not that far off. He's probably not. To be fair. Uh, but yeah massive swing in that championship Uh, McLaren now back ahead in fourth place but only by four points so that fight is going to go right out to where that's fun that's that's at least that's something to watch for the remainder of the season isn't it yeah and it's really swinging backwards and forwards Um, we should talk a bit more about Ricardo, I guess Um, heck of a drive from him from what was he 17th on the grid yes it might be 16th. 16th yeah and he made up I mean, he had a really good start, made up a bunch of places, but um, yeah, like properly good race pace. Best drive he's had in a long old time, which is good to see. Yeah. Very yeah. pleasing. Seemed, seemed to suit him once it got wet, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. On the weekend. 
Mm. Uh, it just shows you that the skill's there. It's just that car is just no good for him. I think that's the issue. Yeah, yeah it really is. It's, it's such a shame because, as you say, when things come together, he's definitely still got the speed. It's just... I don't know, does that show a lack of adaptability in his driving style? Is it... Probably, in a, there's probably an element of that. Is it definitely be yeah. one of those drivers who likes, um, you know, a particular sort of kind of setup and a particular characteristic in a, in a car. But, you know, you don't know... There's other drivers on the grid who we've only seen in particular types of car, for example. I mean, Hamilton, for one, like, you know, how long has that team been around Hamilton and been yeah. designing cars around him? Verstappen, exactly. how long has Verstappen been at Red Bull and having Red Bulls designed around him, you know, and doing well in them? Um, mm. You don't know what they'd be. If, you know, if you put Hamilton or Verstappen into that McLaren, you do wonder what, what they'd do. Uh, or yeah. if you put them into one of the lower teams, you know, who who would mm-hmm. be better? I so, mean, Vettel's story is not that dissimilar to that, is it? Yeah. Like having a... Having a Red Bull that was built to the requirements that he wanted. To his exacting standards. Yeah, yeah. and mm. then going to a team like Ferrari that kind of had pace, but you had to be very particular about how you got out of, got it out of the car, and then going yeah. to Aston Martin that appears to have none most of the time. <laughs> like it, it just goes to show that, you know, he's not... There's, there's extenuating circumstances with the car a lot of the time yeah it, it can't always be that the driver gets exactly what they want and when they don't yeah. get what they want then it doesn't always go well not and I, I guess the moral of the story is just not every driver is as adaptable as yeah as maybe what they think they are or what we yeah. might think they are you know yeah it's 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 a big part of the skill of being a racing driver and definitely something some drivers are much better at than others yeah yeah props to latifi he's the only person that can be consistently bad no matter what his car is <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's adaptability. He's he's consistent. <laughs> he he adapts into crashing whatever you put him in. So oh, man, man, it's so harsh. He's like yeah, literally yeah, become, a, become a meme. Bad. Um, we've we've talked too much now. It's so my links room. We won't do it anyway. Speaking of Aston Martin, yeah. they also had their best result of the season in sixth and eighth. Um, could have been sixth and seventh, but Vettel uh, lost a place to Verstappen on the final lap. Sadly, yeah. Um, Vettel started 14th and made up five places at the start of the race. He had a ludicrously good start, like picking his way through. Um, lifts them two places, actually, up to seventh in the constructors. They've jumped ahead of Haas and AlphaTauri, which is, in terms of prize money, that's actually those, a big uh, leap for them. Those Formula One behemoths. <laughs> I know, right? Down at the uh, the tail end of the championship. Um, mm. but yeah, really good drive for them. Um, as somebody said in the chat, the Aston Martin definitely seems to prefer the wet, and Stroll has always done quite well in the wet as well. So, sort of a perfect storm for them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Verstappen. He, I mean, he lost his chance to win six in a row basically on Saturday when he had to um, abort his final qualifying run because he didn't have enough fuel to give a fuel sample. They suspected. Um, heck of a mistake for a team like Red Bull to make. I don't remember the last time I saw something like that happen, particularly in qualifying. Yeah, well, I think in those conditions, you know, you can forgive them because I think in those conditions, it's easy for it to happen. You're not, you you want to fuel it as little as as possible. Um, You don't know quite how hard you're going to have to push to get the heat in the tyres each time. So, yeah, they could have 
have sort of put a little bit extra in just to mitigate. But I think as well, they probably wanted, they knew they, it wasn't going to be necessarily pole for them given the pace of the Ferrari. So they wanted to push that margin as much as they could. And they just ever so slightly over you know, it. Cause it, you know, the that's, thing that's stupidest about all of that though, is that the lap before that he abandoned, he was purple in the first two sectors. Yeah. He'd have, he'd have put the car on pole with the lap, but he abandoned, I'm pretty sure with where he was at the time. It was bizarre that he abandoned it in the first place. And the the reason he abandoned it, I guarantee you, is to be the last guy round yeah. in the conditions. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly why they abandoned it. But That's why he was so we, mad, because he knew we he all know. Up. We all know in Formula One, in those kind of conditions, on a circuit like that, you finish every lap, you have opportunity to finish, because you don't know when a yellow sector is going to, come up because somebody else put it in a wall yeah you don't know when yeah. a session's going to get red flagged if he'd have finished that lap he'd have been sat on pole i'm almost yeah. sure of it that's yeah. that lap the penultimate one and then it wouldn't have mattered about that last one they could have told him to just come in or yeah. or abandon it when they realized he didn't need it did you see the comparison mm. on boards between his and leclerc's laps crazy difference between verstappen's lap on that before he gets called into the pits and uh leclerc's like it should have been pole. It was yeah. easily pole. If they'd not called him back in, yeah. he was a long way ahead and it would have been an easy win. I think if he had got pole, yeah. But, um, well, if he managed to hold on to the lead, um, but yeah, um, uh, you're right, Tom, that they collectively as a team, the staff driver and team have, have screwed the pooch a little bit there and yeah, yeah. just, made a mess of qualifying haven't they yeah i don't I don't know whose decision the first one was whether it was his own decision or whether it was a team one but i i think at least finishing that lap he's going to be you know even if it ended up not being pole he's going to be front row or or at least like yeah. bang behind those around him like certainly better than eighth. not not yeah way better than what he ended up let's put it that way um and then he's actually got the opportunity to fight for it into the first couple of corners in on the first lap, whereas mm. he ended up going into anti-stall and going backwards, didn't he? Yeah, so... if it started like that from the front, he would have known about it, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he dropped to 12th um, on the first lap. Uh, he recovered really quickly, and then he had that massive lockup trying to pass Norris. Um, well, first That of was all, ridiculous. He... That that move was never on. That is literally like video game first it time was, playing. Yeah. Especially were, cold tires just after a safety car yeah. as well. Like what was he, a on, those, on a wet though. surface? Like what was it? Yeah, but not as monumental as that. That was like plumes. I don't know. Of smoke, Russell, did you Russell see the tire tracks? Very left? close. Russell had one very close yeah. though with the uh, bottom. Yeah, he I think did. It was. But, um, I don't recall. <clears> I don't remember seeing that. But um, the 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 marks were still there. Yeah. Thick, thick black lines still there. The next yeah. day, they'd not even cleared them off the track, and it is literally a proper mile long number eleven. It's crazy. <laughs> I am um, when it happened. Like it was a sort of quite low side of the track camera when it happened live and I couldn't tell which corner it was at and I I was like bracing myself for the impact yeah. and then the camera panned and he was still going like oh it's one of the few corners with runoff he's managed to lock up he's, yeah, uh, he's got yeah. away with it I mean at least that sort of I guess there's something somewhat tactical about that of knowing like if I get too deep I know I've yeah. got that it's because that was a corner that people were making more moves, I think, for that reason. Yeah, Cause yeah, that, yeah. That's the same one that Russell did it to Bottas, as far as I remember. I I, I lose track of which corners which in Singapore, to be honest, because yeah. they're all the same. 
But... Is it, isn't it the same kind of that Hamilton headbutted as well? Like uh, he... Possibly. Uh, no, it... the one Hamilton did, I think, was Tur. Oh, actually, no, it might have been. It might have been. Because Hamilton was sort bit... of got halfway around the corner, which is why he ran out of runoff, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was It was a one of those corners that basically, no matter how dry the rest of the track was, that was still circling yeah. that throughout the entire race. No matter how many times a Formula One car with a 30 litre per second water dispensing tyre ran hmm. over it, <laughs> it was still wet. The only thing um, I can think is that like it was one of the bits that's under the overpasses and there was like constantly water dripping down yeah, from that or something. I think it's just so Maybe. humid. It's just and so, that, so and humid. That does, the water yeah. just doesn't dissipate. That's, the, that's what I was time. talking There's about. There's no heat in the road, so it doesn't yeah. evaporate. Yeah, I was talking about exactly that with someone earlier that I think that's what makes it as challenging as it is once it gets wet there because the humidity means that it just stays so wetter for longer. Yeah, and the fact there's no sun on it. It's night time. Yeah, so. and it's night. Yeah. yeah. There's no... There's no radiation to evaporate the water. It's, yeah, it was um, it was really weird actually watching the W Series race because they did it during the day and watching a race in daylight at Singapore <laughs> was actually really unusual. It is strange to see, isn't it? It does yeah. look a, a weird place because you see actual scenery there instead of just a void behind around yeah. the track, <laughs> which is actually far more interesting to look at. Singapore turns out is a beautiful city. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> No one who uh, watches Formula One, right? <laughs> we started mentioning Mercedes, so we'll do them. Uh, pretty disappointing weekend for them at a race where they were hoping to be up there at the sharp end. I mean, I guess Hamilton mm. started third, but he lost place at the start. Had that uh, moment in the barriers that we mentioned, uh, which needed a nose change. Um, then there was that brief world champions battle where we had Vettel, Hamilton, and Verstappen uh, in a that row. That was really fun. I really which was really good bit. fun, yeah. Um, yeah. But Hamilton ended up running wide and finishing behind the pair of them. Yeah, that move was not an even. That move was never on. He was nah. going on to wet stuff there on on oldish yeah. tires by that point as well. So I don't. I think he was feeling the pressure, obviously from behind. Um, and not wanting to lose out or not wanting to have his race ended one way or another from the, the car behind, probably losing its patience too. Yeah. And yeah, it just, he made the move at the wrong point. I think as, as well, maybe he was expecting, he knew where he was weaker and he was probably thinking, if I don't get it done here, then I'm going to lose out. So, mm. yeah, shame. Poor, poor race all in all for him though. Um, not great. And then Russell started from the pit lane, which is a bold move. <laughs> it's a track like Singapore. <laughs> Uh, he didn't make nearly as much progress as quickly as Verstappen did. Uh, made a really early switch to slicks, which didn't pay off in the slightest. Yeah. Um, then and he just made him like a, a, a test bed for everyone else. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Pretty it's much. like, oh, should we go to slicks? No, we definitely shouldn't because Russell can't <laughs> even keep it in a straight line. Um, then he had that collision with Schumacher late on in the race, which caused a uh, puncture. Um, I thought that was yeah. that was really poor. From Russell, I thought there, um, there was loads of room on Schumacher's right, though. There was, there was, but... there was literally like two feet to, well, more than that, about three foot to, to Schumacher's right. He just, I mean, there was, but Russell was the one making the overtake, and he was going at an angle into the braking zone towards a car, and you can't just, mm. you, you don't, you don't brake towards a car and expect them no, to move out of the way. I suppose. Well, unless it you felt for Stappen. Much like we said about Verstappen, actually, it seemed a little bit desperate. Like, yeah. L- already having patience, a poor race. Yeah. Bit of lack of patience, bit of desperation. Um, 
yeah, poor, pretty poor all round for Mercedes, really, uh, which is disappointing because I, I really thought this was going to be a race they might be able to be in the mix of the front and have a bit of a three-way fight for the win, but didn't pay off. It was closer in qualifying. I think I read this was like the closest three different teams have been in qualifying in like years. But mm, but it was a wet qualifying though, wasn't it? Yeah, which always makes things yeah weird and different. Like, makes it a bit closer and a little bit more... More about the driver and less about the car, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, another instant to mention. Uh, I, I doubt we'll need to discuss this for long, but the Latifi and Joe crash, for which Latifi got a five-place grid drop in Japan and two penalty points. Yeah. The most redundant penalty ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> five-place grid drop from 20th to 20th. We don't know that yet. We don't know. We're not qualifying for Japan yet. We don't know that. It might be wet again. Might might get a mental um, qualifying session. Um, I'll hold you to that. Ah, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not making predictions. I'm just saying. Let's not jump the gun. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, it does seem very likely he will be starting from the back of the grid. Yeah. Whatever, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, I mean I, the. On, on this occasion, the penalty points I think were very much valid. It was it was pretty poor yeah. driving all yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone yeah. else we want to talk about before we move on to some awards or any other incidents yeah, that are worth know. talking about? I mean, I've got a I've got a ten point rapid fire takeaway section to do after this, so we could probably just do the bits and bobs and then Let's do the do the awards first. Then uh, drive yeah. of the day. I mean, Perez. I did. Yeah, Perez was a good one. I, I always had Ricardo noted down as well, just for his position. I mean, I know that some of that is definitely like sort of being a beneficiary of people around him not finishing. But when I then looked back at it, I sort of thought, well, the people that didn't finish were mainly behind him already anyway. So maybe probably three is actually positions again for retirement, maybe. Possibly, like maybe the Alpines. Both the yeah. Alpines, possibly. Um, but yeah, the other DNFs, it was like it was Albon, it was Latifi, it was people who was probably already ahead of, maybe Sonoda to a degree. But um, and and Mick Jekyll in the chat's pointing out the fact that he did get a, one of the free pit stops during one of the he did, um, which helps safety a lot. cars, so it did help a little bit. But yeah. what about? Um, I mean, it's still a good drive, nonetheless. I think maybe not drive yeah. of the day, but worth mentioning. About Bert Mylander, he had a decent drive. Didn't he? <laughs> Well, not according to Perez. Did you see the bit where Perez got up alongside him, pretty much saying like, "Go yeah. faster"? How slow was the safety car going at that point, though? Did you see how slow it was, it was actually just going? Trying to back him up to, to protect the marshals, wasn't he? That's all. He yeah, was just I, trying to. Build I, it I, I don't know if that's where he was or not, but like, I don't know if it, I also don't know if anyone else had a problem with it. But Perez was definitely not happy about how slow he was going down that start finish straight. I yeah, it was much. going slow, but it was literally just so that everyone joins the back of the thing, so the yeah. marshals have a nice clear area yeah. of track to work on. Because there was a um, Williams front wing, Albon's front yeah, wing, yeah, wedged yeah. in the. Uh, Wasn't in that the, a virtual safety car when they were getting that out, or was it a full? I thought it was a virtual. Oh, that might, that might have been a BSC. Oh, there was that so might many. Have been a virtual, but anyway, I've many. got. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a point to make about that in a minute. Um, the day. Both the Astons worth a shout. I think 11th and 13th to 6th and 8th on the grid. Pretty decent for them in what yeah. is not a particularly good car. Um, I'm not budging from Perez. I think you've got to give it Perez. Yeah, there's no other like massive standouts for me. And 
I was leaning towards Ricardo, but he did gain a lot of those places, as as you said, Tom, through the pit stop. So I could go with Perez. Yeah, it's an easy one then. Nice. Um, move of the day. I don't, I don't recall seeing many. <laughs> anytime, Verstappen, anytime Verstappen came out of turn three, because the, <laughs> the amount of slingshot like power he was in, in, yeah, I can't even speak. The amount of slingshot power he was immediately able to put down coming out of turn three looked yeah. like he had the game on easy mode. Like yeah. it was yeah. insane how quick he was getting out of that corner to get a run at people coming out of that corner. It's um, almost like the car is maybe like worth more than all of the other cars, isn't it? <laughs> it's got like more grips. Somehow. Well, actually, actually, technically, that was last year's car. So come on. <laughs> well, we'll find out tomorrow on that one, won't we? Yeah. Um, I think Verstappen on Vettel on the last lap is a good one. That was that really was yeah. that was it was do or die at that point. Like it needed to do it, otherwise it wasn't getting that position. Um, Yet, yeah, fair enough, it was for what ninth, I think, or or eighth for something like yeah, quite yeah, low ninth. down the order, but still, still, it was like, a solid yeah, move. Solid move, good, entertaining as well. I think the other thing I had in mind was Vettel's start, gaining like five places off the line. It, it was it was impressive, but yeah, it was a good start. Yeah. I think I'd like to lean more towards giving it an overtake. So, um, yeah. well, I can go for that Verstappen that, one. That Verstappen one towards the end was a good one. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And before we do WTF, actually, you know what? I'm going to mm. do the takeaways before that because a lot of the, <laughs> the takeaways kind of, are WTF. A lot of these takeaways are quite <laughs> WTF. Yeah. So I'm going to just rapid fire it. There's 11 of them. Go. Here we go. Um, first takeaway, and this is for the weekend as a whole. Okay. This is not just the race. This is the Singapore Grand Prix weekend. So. Number one, a man's sports team being fined 25k for him wearing a mistakenly undeclared nose ring is not news in F1 and shouldn't be news in F1. I don't know why everyone cared so much about that. It wasn't interesting. (laughs) Please be better. Um, And also the reason they were fined 25k is because they ticked, they literally, there were two boxes to tick. They ticked the wrong one. Yeah, they ticked the no instead of the yes. And it made no difference to anything, but other than putting 25k in the bank of the FIA. Kind um, of interest. Do you remember how much Verstappen got fined for touching Hamilton's rear wing in um thirty in grand Brazil? or something, wasn't it? <laughs> Almost <laughs> as much. Yeah, no, a Bizarre. little bit more. Not a clue. But yeah. Bizarre. Strange. Um the next one, um bit more serious. The Red Bull allegedly being worth around ten million more than its nearest rival is big news with what should be huge ramifications for the team and for F1, but more on that tomorrow or in the, in the, uh, in the, in the inbox. inbox. I think we've got a couple of in, uh, an inbox. We'll get to that, that, haven't we? Um, next one. How was Magnussen given a third meatball plaque, meat, meatball flag for a third bit of end plate wibblement and Hamilton not for a disintegrating front wing? Yeah, I, was... I just this. don't understand that. It... Yeah. The Hamilton one was definitely way worse than the yeah. Magnussen one. And it, what it didn't, they got against Magnussen? wasn't sure that like, it was going to pit either. Like it didn't look necessarily straight away like Hamilton was going to pit. So why not get the get the flag out? That was yeah. clearly dangerous. You know, you but, know the deciding factor in all of that, Chris, as to what they got against Magnussen. It's the fact that Verstappen made the complaint both times. Verstappen made the complaint <laughs> well, about Magnussen. There's no, there's no understory if they deal with that. Verstappen makes a complaint about Hamilton. Oh no, that's a media. <laughs> Poop storm incoming yeah. if we do something about that. Let's just leave them to it. 
seriously okay. i'm willing i'm willing to bet that, that that is a factor it's could be could be um next one how is verstappen not penalized for squeezing magnuson into the wall causing said damage race, <laughs> race ruining damage to the house via the meatball flag <laughs> like <laughs> if that meatball flag doesn't come out then magnuson's race is obviously just going to be just as bad as anyway because he's driving the house but when the driver who caused the damage calls the radio to the FIA and says, oh, I've damaged it's, that wings, it's damaged that, and then doesn't get a penalty for it, causing a collision and damaging another car, then what's the will coming to? Um, next one, number five. Um, since when does Marshall ragging front wing out of barrier equal green light save track conditions? This was Albon's car being uh, Albon's yeah. car being recovered. I've not, I've not watched this back, but one thing I sort of realised afterwards is they did cut to an overhead shot as it went green and there was no one there. I think what realistically happened is the footage of them taking it out was delayed. It wasn't marked as a replay, that. but it was delayed. Because, I don't believe that. But when they went to the overhead shot and everything went green, there was nobody on the track. There was nobody there while it was green. So I think there was a very slight delay in that happening and then being sure. And there were, See, it, it was green it, flag for like 10 seconds and those guys are still ragging that wing out. I don't believe that. I think that's an I, excuse. No, I'd, I'm pretty sure because they went to the overhead shot, there was nobody there. There wasn't anybody coming off the track or anything. They were still been if, getting off the track. If that is what happened, then mm. F1 would just shoot themselves in the foot by showing a replay without the replay text that makes things yeah. look more yeah. dangerous than they are. I like. think I think it's definitely more that or there's there's a delay in the the particular feed that they were using. Mm. I suppose that. they can't call it a replay unless they've shown it though, can they? I mean because <laughs> it's not technically a replay. <laughs> if it hasn't been it hasn't been you played play. in the first it's just instance. a play. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was all above board and it was just a unfortunate mm. timing of combination of graphics and when that footage was being shown. It sounds like a very convenient excuse to me, but anyway, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're, we're probably not going to agree on that one, Tom. Um, <laughs> and it, but not that it really matters that much because there's loads more to get from. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is, uh, why was Perez only given one, we've already done this, but why was Perez only given one five-second penalty having committed the exact same transgression more than once, um, surely it's a slam dunk on all occasions. I think, but anyway, if if it's if it's a five second penalty one time, why is it not a five second penalty every time? That's my one argument for that, I, and I just don't understand why. You're asking for consistency, Jim. What do you think? Oh, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what are you nice. doing? Tell I mean, me te- it's like I said. Technically, there is consistency because that's what Vettel got for one is a reprimand. I think that's the problem. But did he ever get a five is... second penalty? No, because he no, didn't do it a second it time. <laughs> Mm, that's, so it's hard that's, to... th- that's why yeah. that's why it's stupid because it should just be the same penalty all the time it shouldn't matter if you do it once or ten times it should be the same penalty for the same incident every time yeah okay there you go fair enough we've already done it anyway so let's, let's yeah. not get bogged down um next one um again we've got an inbox about this so we'll get bogged down with it but why do we have wet tires to then have the race delayed for an hour and them all start mm-hmm. on intermediate tires mm-hmm. what the hell that's just Stupid. Um, next one, why no DRS? There was no DRS for ages and ages and ages in that race, and it made it a bloody boring race. Give us DRS sooner. If if they're on slicks, they should be on. They should DRS should be enabled, but regardless of whether there's track or water off the racing line, I don't care. If they're brave enough to be on slicks, they're brave enough to have DRS. 
Um, mm. Next, uh, a lot happened in this race and it went on for a long time, but did much actual racing happen over the two and a half hours? I don't think it did. And just I'm not to, sure supp- it did either. to supplement that, um, is Singapore fit for purpose as a night race if rain, usually an ingredient for exciting, interesting races, causes two hours of insomnia medication the way it did this weekend? <laughs> I mean, I, I every year I feel like I watch people getting excited for Singapore and I'm always like, really? It's like I've, it's never been a race I've enjoyed, if I'm completely honest. Mm. It has its moments, but I don't know, not not my favorite. And this hasn't done much to change that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like sort of the challenge it presents the drivers. I'll, I must admit, like it's got elements of what makes monaco difficult for the drivers and this for whatever reason this is one where drivers still make the mistakes whereas these days at monaco they don't seem to make them anywhere near as much like how many times in the recent years have we gone into monaco thinking um there's going to be like four dnfs here people are going to hit the wall and then you get a 20 finisher race like it's weird but whereas at singapore the you know you still get that it's like drivers it's the it's the it's the one that pushes the drivers to the furthest extremes, I think, which is probably why people are still interested in it because they know that, like the the sort of I don't know the the more um, clued up and sort of hardcore fans know about the humidity, the temperature, the endurance it takes to to be in that car for that long. So I think there's probably an element of that that the people see it as like sort of the most extreme one in that regard i don't know yeah um, i guess i guess the problem combined is we with know, walls we know that because we are constantly told that is told. the case but <laughs> to sit and watch it doesn't make it any more or less exciting yeah like, and you also don't, you like don't really get that from the watching of the race the casual i, view I think well, the, the that. fact that it's the fact that it's they, they try to push the fact that it's at night it's a night race uh, is like it's a big mid, deal but actually it just yeah, causes like, it's really it's just ruined the race this this week it's just it's just meant that mm. the track's not been able to dry out properly and no one's been able to have an actual motor race it makes me laugh just get stuck um, behind everyone the official Twitter handle for this race is still F1 Night Race. It's like, oh, remember when that was your unique selling point? That's that's yeah. long since gone. Yeah, also like, yeah, Qatar Night Race, um, Abu Dhabi Semi Night Race, Twilight Race, they like to call it, Jeddah Night Race. Like, they're all, Bahrain, there's loads of night races. Why is that? A, why is it a bit, why do we, yeah, Bahrain, Vegas. Why do we need Singapore to be a night race if the weather's going to ruin it like this? Just because. have it in the day. Because we need it to start at around two o'clock in the afternoon for European <laughs> audiences, Stu. Well, they're not worried Duh. about that for Vegas. Yeah. Well, yeah, Vegas is the main to pick the worst time for everyone, but that's uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, um, that, and that the last is genuinely one, the reason is because of the start times. The last takeaway I've got is um, Verstappen didn't win. Yay, boo! Yay, boo! <laughs> Mixed feelings. <laughs> And there you go. That's my takeaway. So from all that, we can probably pull out a WTF, I think. Do you want me to push the button now then? Are you, are you, oh, yeah, are we've, you we've got to have it. I'm done can I, just point, can I just point out, yeah, rather than being rapid-fire takeaways, that was more like rapid-fire rants from Stu. That can be a new section. But I'll do, I'll do the WTFs. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? I um, mean... Take your pick from Stu's list. Well, for me, it's just absolutely <laughs> the fact that it took so damn long for them to get the race going. Like, 
Yes, at the point the race was supposed to start, it, the, the track wasn't ready for it. Fine, no problem with that. 15 or 20 minutes later, it probably was ready to get going, but they decided mm. immediately, we're going to wait an hour and then did all of the preamble, all the rigmarole. And it's like, why not just get that started straight away? Like the only reason that it had to wait as long as it was, was so the VIPs could mingle around on the grid when the cars were there. But there's no reason why they couldn't get the anthems and all of that business out of the way beforehand, send the cars around to the grid later on. But they have this specific program they have to go through. They have to have their grid walks and the VIPs get to mingle and they only do that after the cars have got to the grid. And that added more time on. And it's like they learned nothing from um, the... Spa. Yeah, from Spa, because there was all that the amount of times in Spa that it was probably just about dry enough to get cars out there. But it's like, oh, no, we've got to follow this and we're going to have a decision again in 10 minutes. And by the time that faffed around, it, it just started raining too much again. And there was a real risk of that happening at this race. It just drove me mad, drove me absolutely yeah. mad. That race could have started at least half an hour sooner than it did. Irritating. I mean, why, again, why have wet tires if you're not going to start them on the wet? So, mm-hmm. Why are you going to? Why wait for the track to be into yeah. if you've got wet tires? They could be racing on it. Why, so I mean, dumb. yeah. Why? Why are we not going to the grid once the the torrential downpour is is over? Why are we not going to the grid? Going through the procedures and worst case scenario, do some laps behind the safety car and yeah. and get them on wet tires doing laps behind the safety car because. As we all very well know, because we were constantly told it throughout the race, a Formula One tyre can displace 30 litres of water per second. Did you know that? Because I effing do. <laughs> Get them out there. I don't to know start how many, it, honestly, I don't know how many times Will Buxton and Co said that on F1 TV coverage, but it is drilled into my brain now. <laughs> like, so why were we not using them? Yeah. Why, why is it telling there. us how much water a wet tire can displace when no one used a wet tire yeah. once throughout that race? Maybe, maybe the start lights, <laughs> maybe the start lights were broken. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I got water. On <laughs> got water. Maybe the start Although, like got water on them. Do you know what? For an F1 employee, I'm going to give Will Buxton some major kudos because he was not pulling his punches when it came to criticizing the way that the Perez safety car infringements were being handled. He was very vocal about like this is on on the live commentary, very vocal about. Oh no! This they is, let this him is on ridiculous. The live <laughs> but yeah, it, it was like he was very unhappy about the way it was been dealt with and saying, "Why are we not investigating this during the race? It's it's a shambles." Yeah. And that's good. And I think I think he then he's took right. to social media. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he is hundred percent. But I'm pleased that someone in that position yeah. within that circle is willing to do the calling out. Because sometimes people are a little bit like, oh, well, there must be a reason for it because they they just don't want the backlash. Whereas Will actually wanna, put it out there. They don't want to lose their press pass. Yeah. yeah. Will, I mean, Will, Will, Will must have a really, really solid contract <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with a digital team at F1 to be able to uh, say the things he's been saying. Yeah. As, as Sarah's pointed out, he's much better than his uh, Netflix performances. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty low bar. <laughs> yeah. If you finish uh, first, you will win the race, uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. You finish. Oh no! If you finish ahead of the other nineteen cars, you will win the race. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um. 
anymore for anymore. <laughs> that was my mind blowing. Um, we've got Verstappen in qualifying as a WTF, but I don't know. I think that's like, I get it. I get why it's there. But it's, it's more the first bit for me that it's more like the abandoning the the good lap to have yeah. a go at another yeah. lap. I would I would WTF that. Yeah, that yeah. specifically. That's I would more. Say, that's that's more the specific bit. I think the running out of fuel thing is just circumstance. I think it happens. Yeah. It's, 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 it's because of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's exactly because of that. Um, um, Latifi is just becoming beyond a meme at this point. And it, at what point do Williams have to pull a trigger and just... Yeah, I think we're all going to have different ones, you know. I think um, mine is... no Why no DRS? I think it should. there should have been DRS way, way, way sooner. I genuinely can't remember if there was any at all. I've forgotten. Yeah, there was. There was. There was. I thought exactly I'd seen it, but I wasn't when... sure just when Martin Brundle had started about four laps after I'd thought, why is there no DRS? Martin Brundle then starts saying, why are they not got DRS? They're all on slicks. <laughs> and then literally, as he was saying it, the DRS was activated. So oh, yeah. I don't know how many laps before that they were on slicks for it to happen, but it seemed like it a, a long time. It seemed like a long time mm. before they actually activated it, which seemed kind of pointless to me. So yeah, it would have been, I think it would have been a better race. I think there would have been more interesting um, action on track if DRS had been activated because maybe people would have been able to get their moves done before they got to soaking wet braking zones. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Hey, or, or maybe they would have got far enough ahead that the soaking wet braking zone would have had less of an effect. Do you know what I mean? Because you yeah, still yeah. like. Problem. You're gonna, obviously, you're going to cool your tyres down by going over the, the wet stuff and going off the racing line as you make the overtake. But You've if you can get far enough ahead and you can yeah. you can make that breaking point a little bit further, it makes that corner really interesting because the guy on the dry line can probably get back alongside you under the brakes. Yeah. So you're both going too wide into into the corners. It would have made some really amazing racing. It would have been really exciting to see that. And we just didn't get any of it because they brought the RS out way too late after the after the pack had spread out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know you know your your entire list that is basically just a bunch of WTFs. <laughs> yeah. <still. laughs> I've just realised why Drew said to me earlier he quite enjoyed this race. Because look at that, that list. list. Yeah. yeah. That, I think that that's is a list of why... controversy that to a casual person probably yeah. is like, oh my God, what is going on? Like, that yeah. is, that's exactly it's why carnage. he's enjoyed that race. It's bloody carnage. That's yeah. why that's why a casual fan would be like, this is this is crazy. This is amazing. Because the, yeah. the, the sort of like a lot of people who are maybe not quite as hardcore fans uh, who are just tuning in for sort of, you know, wacky races then they sure as hell got that yeah and well yeah that's i mean not like seeing a formula one fans there is it a formula one fans there to see racing to see people mm-hmm. yeah it's like seeing seeing um hamilton literally dragging a front wing down the down one of the back let's call it a straight in inverted commas <laughs> like that was infuriating to me but i can imagine that like someone that doesn't fully understand the sport is sat there going oh my god that what is going on there that looks that looks amazing because he's like the sparks everywhere and well the i mean yeah. the person who doesn't understand the sport is sat there going these guys are rubbish they can't <laughs> drive. all they got to do is get around the corners <laughs> <laughs> that's the same guy that crashes into the lamppost on the roundabout when he puts his foot down in his courser i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> what manages to spin a courser that'd be hilarious yeah <laughs> Okay, so uh, what, where are we at? What we what we picking? What we having? I mean, I've made my feelings pretty clear on the the rain delay. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I, I it didn't affect me because I watched it um, delayed. I watched it after I'd oh, been good for you. out all day on Sunday. So 
didn't affect me. Tom, what's yours? I don't know. It's difficult. I might just agree with Chris so we can have one. Okay, I, 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 <laughs> can, too many I, can, I can agree with Chris because I, I really don't like the idea of them doing it just for the VIPs. I think that stinks when there's people tuning in to watch, some, like giving up their time on a Sunday to watch this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, like, like we've already said, you could have started the process on time or a little bit delayed and then had them yeah. going around when it's, the when it's as long a race tires. as it is when it's as long yeah. sorry when it's as long yeah. a race as it is as well when it's you know it's going to be like a, a, a you know it, what the sort of race that they have to use the clock instead of doing yeah. the full number well, of I mean, laps that, that that's, that's the key factor isn't it it's a it's a race with a 100 percent safety car record and as soon as there's been a safety car it nearly always goes to time yeah, it should be like right. Let's let's not mess you? around. Let's get them going. Let's get them going. Let's get let's get this yeah. done. Let's get everyone everyone finished. Then and we can all get off to Japan in a week. <laughs> like they've got a fly, what, another flyaway. What time was it that it started? Local time eight p.m. I think something like that. Or it was supposed to start eight p.m. local time. I can't start, remember. Yeah, like, I think it's nine. Who wants to race in a Formula One car at eleven o'clock at night because you're going to a two-hour timer? Who? <laughs> mad. It's mad. It's not fun for the locals either. I imagine not anywhere near the track. I don't know. I don't really know the layout of Singapore. But... Imagine living there and not being a Formula One fan. It'd be oh, terrible. You'd be livid, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd be absolutely livid. Yeah. Well, that's why we don't have a Formula E race in Battersea, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> so that's uh, that's WTF done. I'm, I forgot I'm hosting. <laughs> so I've moved us on. Yeah, it's your fault. Um, we got stuck here. Shall we, move, shall we move on to predictions? <laughs> yeah, I'll cover some predictions. So, um, bit of a weekend for a lot of us uh, I got a point for Leclerc in quali so I was actually quite glad that Verstappen ran out of fuel because um, <laughs> I thought I was getting no points um, and then Chris got a point for 14 finishes um, so that's that's it for us uh, wasn't a very high scoring weekend overall anyway we got two people with three points uh, Gareth Howells and Carl Hubbard which funnily enough both had the exact same predictions of Leclerc fastest in quali Zhao first DNF and Yuki Sonoda finishing 15th, which technically does because that's where he DNF'd. Um, so that's that's the best anyone did this weekend. Um, yeah. Going over into the standings, you've got Jana Berger still at the top with 28 points, John Murphy uh, just behind on 27.5, and Jim Bob Blair in third with 26 points, and then a whole host of people who are within a point or two of that. So... Yeah, um, it's uh, it's still very tight at the top, actually, really, considering how far into the season we are with this many people. I'm I'm quite pleased this year with how close it's actually stayed. No one running away with it like we've yeah. occasionally seen in previous years. So yeah, it's, it's very going. Good. It's very exciting. It's going right. Unlike the real Formula One Championship, this one's actually going down to the wire by the look of it. <laughs> yeah. So that is that. Um, we have also got Grid Rival, um, which I would love to tell you the the top two and three and top one even um but the app's been updated on my phone right now so i can't actually tell you <laughs> anything about it so just head to back of the grid.com and click the grid rival link and then you'll be able to go on and see for yourself soz whoever was number one but all, all i all i have been able to see earlier is when i was looking there's a lot of people lost a lot of team value because they've got verstappen in their team yeah because although he's not been a bad performance it's been an a below average performance for his average results and that affects your fantasy value so i know for a fact uh, for a fact kilowog with green lantern core at the top has lost four million in team value because of this race wow so, is that a yeah. lot is that a lot in um Grid that's Rival? a lot 
format. That's quite a lot considering you start with a 50 million budget, yeah. Well, I think it's 50 million or is it 100 million? I can't Goodness. remember. Either way, it's Being a lot. I forgot. Is it 145-ish million? <laughs> no, no. And can you like go over it if you need no, to? No, no. Um, okay, uh, we should make predictions for Japan. Yeah. Yes, we should indeed. Um, right. This is going to be an interesting one because, we, by all accounts, the, the weather could be following them to Japan, could it not? I've actually had a look at a weather report. Look at the weather report. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I saw a very funny comment from Paul earlier this week, who said in the Discord um, that following a weeks in advance weather report is like following a Ferrari strategy guide. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, certainly is. If you live in the UK, it was supposed to pour on Sunday for the marathon, and it did not. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's looking on and off wet for Suzuka over the weekend coming. But yeah, it's, according to AccuWeather.com, um, it says rain on Sunday and sunshine and cloud on Saturday. Yeah, a little rain and not as warm. So I think I think we'll probably be okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll I'll punish myself for not being here last week to go with my fastest in Q3 first, and I will just... I'm just going to save a step, and I think that's the most common-sense thing for me to do right now. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I, that Red Bull's going to be very good here, isn't it? Here, there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy you everywhere. to save a step. Yeah, that's what, that's here, what they're there, saying. Everywhere. Stu, what about you? Give me double ver, please. Oh man, a double ver. He's going. He's going for both. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was going to do the same thing, so I might as well just fill mine in now. Chris, what about you? Do I throw away a point by trying to do something different? Like, no, <laughs> you know, it's Verstappen. It's it's so obviously Verstappen more so than it has been all season. Which now we've all said that he's definitely not going to win. Is it a triple double ver? Yeah, but if we're all saying that and we essentially curse it to go on another week, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep saying Verstappen for the rest of the season if it means that the title somehow goes down to the final race. <laughs> More than all okay. right. Get this. <laughs> My first DNF. Yeah. Verstappen. <laughs> Ooh. Are you genuinely doing that? Are you genuinely Why not? doing? Are you just... Why not? I'm 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 out of this. I am so far out of this at this point. I, just I covering all bases. I've not a number of finishes. Verstappen. Verstappen. Yeah. Random driver finishing position. Please Verstappen. be Verstappen. And then then but then I can go either. I can go win. You or, could go like tenth or, or bust. Couldn't I? Yeah, yeah. 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 In the middle. Split my bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. First DNF, Chris. What about you? Uh. Let's just pluck a name. Uh, let's go Ocon okay I'm going home race hero and I'm saying Sonoda because that's what I do I find people who want a good race and deem them to have a bad race it's been my way for multiple years now (laughs) so I'm not (laughs) going to stop Uh, number of finishes I'm going to if there's a bit of weather maybe some Mechanical failures. I'm gonna go sixteen here. Sixteen. Stu. The stop. It's um. Number <laughs> finishes seventeen. And Chris. Seventeen for me as well, please. 
Okay. And can we have the random driver just happen? Oh, it's not. There's, it's, <laughs> we've only got three left. It was a one in three chance, and it is not Verstappen. It is, in fact, George Russell. Oh. Ooh, that's tough. Fifth. Well, <laughs> un yeah. until the race just gone, it was basically top five or DNF. DNF. But now he's, <laughs> he's broken that streak. Yeah. He might as well have DNF this race, to be brutally honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I'm gonna go sixth. Ooh. You think now that the the cycle is broken, that's it? I don't it's think you'll never finish yeah. in the top five ever again. Never. <laughs> He's peaked. Uh, I'm just gonna go with what my logical averages dictate and say fourth. Why not? Mm. It's probably nice. about his average. Okay, so that's us done. Um head online to prove us wrong and get more right than us by going to backofthegrid.com. Register if you're not partaken before. Log in if you've already been on there before. Get them submitted. Everything is open from now until the start of Q1. So jump on there anytime you want up until Q1. Get them registered. You can also find links to GridRival and the official F1 Fantasy if you want to do that. And uh, thanks to GridRival for sponsoring this bit of the show. Thank you for that. Choose some inbox. Let's. Yeah. Is keep it safe now. But stay, but stay on. I think Chris has got the first one for us this week. Yeah, all right. I, I can tell Stu is desperate to talk about this. So let's get into it. <laughs> uh, Mike Chu writes in to say, "Hi all. Are we really to believe that massive teams slash companies really have broken the cost cap?" I realise that it must be really complex to calculate to keep an eye on, but that's the nature of everything within F1. I just can't see anything being uncovered, let alone being done on purpose. So I guess, should we briefly like lay the ground for this for people who are maybe not entirely up to speed with it? Um, I can do, do that first. I'll do the very quick be, version. Might not be worth taking too much time on it because by the time everyone's listening to this, it's gonna the new, whatever news is about this is going to have broken. So. Well, I have thoughts on that as well, but... Um, okay, so the very brief thing is there's a cost cap in Formula 1. Uh, tomorrow we'll be finding out the results of last season's cost cap. Um, the rumours in the paddock are that two teams have broken the cost cap. Uh, one, a minor breach, which means it's less than 5% over, which I think works out to about $7 million, I believe it is. $7.5 million. Um, and that is believed to be Aston Martin and that another team have uh, committed a major breach, which is more than 5%, and that team is believed to be Red Bull. Uh, the penalties that can be imposed by the FIA, there are no specific penalties in the rules um, of like, you break it by this amount, you get this penalty. But the penalties include reprimands, financial penalties, a reduction in wind tunnel and CFD time, removal of constructors and drivers points from the championship in question or anything up to and including exclusion from the championship we should also point out that all of those penalties can be suspended as well yes they can also be suspended um now as Stu says tomorrow which probably at the point you listen to this um the fi report will have come out 
I think a lot of people are expecting it to be a very clear black and white. These teams have broken the rules. Here are the penalties. Personally, I think there is zero chance that has happened and that this is going to rumble on for quite some time. Um, If it even happens at all. If it even happens at all. It's entirely possible tomorrow will be like, yep, everyone's fine. Well done, everyone. Good job. Cost capping. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, like, there's there's a... yeah, we should talk about the what if. These are all what if situations that we're talking about here. We should, and I'm at pains to point that out, just because the news is going to break tomorrow, and it will. We'll, we, we could very easily look really, really stupid here. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, my my suspicion is if Red Bull have broken the cost cap, that it's it, it's obviously to, to Mike's point in the question it's not just going to be a case of oops we spent too much if this is a, as big a deal as people are making out that it might be i think it's going to come down to red bull racing red bull advanced technology and red bull powertrains being separate companies and some of those come under the cost cap rules some of them technically are suppliers that red bull racing have to pay and I think it's going to come down to the relationships between those and how Red Bull have done the books on how those things have gone. I suspect yeah. that's where the problems are going to come from, if anything. Mm. Well, that, yeah, that's interesting. I think the ramifications of it are obviously huge. Like if um, on a sort of point of enforcement, they kind of, if they don't do something serious about it, if someone, if anyone, if any team, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, whoever, McLaren, any team down that grid, if any single one of them has breached the rules in a significant manner in, a, in the way it's been suggested, then absolutely they should have the book thrown at them because it's, it, you can't, you can't show up with a more expensive car than literally everyone else in a cost cap era, you know? Like you can't be spending way, way more money than all the rest of the teams. It's just not, that's not sport. It's already in a lot of ways not sport anyway, but that just takes the biscuit if that's happening. So yeah, I think a lot of fans would be really, really outraged if um, if this does turn out to be the case. Well, this is, this is the problem that F1 once again have got themselves into because whatever happens now, there's going to be outrage regardless of what happens. And I get the arguments for not having specific penalties in the rules, because if you specifically say, if you spend this much more, this will be the penalty. What you're essentially doing there is giving teams a shopping list of this is what it costs to go over the cost cap. Yeah. But at the same time, by having the potential penalties as broad and vague as they are, you, 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 the options now are you go back, what, 10 months after the fact and say, oh, actually, you didn't win that championship, sorry, which is ludicrous. That is not no way mean. to run a sport. Yeah, not But at mean. the same time, if you let a team that's gone over the cost cap get away with it, then... Also not a way to run a sport. Yeah, open season. Um, yeah. In fact, it might be worth you doing the next question, Tom, at this point, because we're kind of starting to get into it anyway. Yeah, so I'm going to check or follow this up uh, with, given the FIA's historical treatment of Mercedes for their illegal Pirelli testing in 2013 and Ferrari for their NDA engine in 2019, mm. is it reasonable to assume uh, they may take more, a more lenient approach to minor cost cap 
breaches, particularly given it's the first year of their introduction and there may be some ambiguity in their interpretation. Um, I recall the witch hunt on both these occasions, which never amounted to much in the way of reprimands. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Ferrari, touching on that one, it it was all done behind closed doors, wasn't it? And Yeah. The, the yeah. penalty was basically, just stop doing it. Like, is McCheco, there wasn't really a penalty, was there? Is McCheco Christian Horner? <laughs> yeah, in disguise. Um, no, be, I'll, I'll be nice to him. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> I wouldn't dare insult someone that much. Um, he does make a good point, though. Like, uh, there, there is precedent for... Taking Brushing things the slight, yeah, taking the softer approach. But I um, think this is, I think this is, in, I don't think this is in the same league as those things. I think the Ferrari's non-disclosure agreement engine potentially is close-ish. I think, I think that's the, similar. The Pirelli, to some Pirelli testing thing. I think will you know, Pirelli organized that test, and it was all sort of set up. <sighs> I with barely remember that, FIA, to be wasn't it? So I don't, I don't think they could really ever go at them for that if they've arranged to. It's only because the other teams kicked up a stink afterwards that it turned into if it was basically yeah. an admin error on F one's part. part. The Ferrari thing is there. definitely more relevant. Like that was a case of a team running an illegal engine for half a season, yeah. <laughs> and then we're not. No, no, we're not going to talk about any. There's, there's, there's nothing to see here. We're just going to talk about internally. Also, Ferrari just got much slower for no yeah. apparent reason. Plumes of smoke have stopped <laughs> yeah. coming out of the garage suddenly. You don't understand. Yeah. And the cars um, got slower. Yeah, I think if it is a small breach, I think I can get on board with the argument of make it a bit of a slap on the wrist. It's the first year we've done it. You know, we're going to let it slide, not let it slide, but we're going to give a lesser penalty this time. But in future, we will come down harder. If it is a massive breach, and we are talking like many, many millions of dollars of difference. Now. Yeah, yeah. It makes a mockery of the whole thing. And yeah, I think you can't have I think that. You have to make problem... an example of them. The problem with it all is always going to be the point at when they do the review. Because because at this point now, you're, you're two-thirds of the way through the next season mm. and you're looking at basically either having to reprimand Red Bull for the remainder of this season or next season, are they found to be in breach of it, or you know, like something in the future, or alter the state of a championship that basically concluded eight months, no, more than eight months ago. What? Yeah. Ten months ago? I mean, ago I, no one wants so, that, I don't think. Well, no, no, there's I'm a not, not saying, not saying anyone does, do but... do want that, but I don't no, think but most people what, don't want that. What my point is, though, is you're, you're boxed into a hole. You're either going to have to... Because what happens is if you just... If the punishment becomes for the following season once the figures are reviewed... I guarantee you teams up and down that grid that are in the position to breach the the tie, the the cap so Ferrari Mercedes Red Bull and potentially Aston Martin by the sounds of it those McLaren, kind of teams maybe. McLaren maybe as well actually yeah if they see an opportunity at say this point in the season to essentially throw some more money at it and get it over the line and win it they will do that to and just sacrifice the following season to yeah. to ensure that win, and that's the problem that you now find yourself in. That if whatever reprimand comes, if there is one, is for 
the remainder of this season or a future season, for example, teams will likely just see that as, well, that's a fair sacrifice to win it now. It's like, I mean, I'm not... It's like teams sort of breaching salary caps in other sports in order to win a Super Bowl or win a Major League Series or whatever it might be. Yeah. Knowing that full well, next year, they're probably going to be reprimanded for it. But they've won that Super Bowl. They've won that... So it doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they've won that series. They don't care. But I just don't think... <clears throat> I think whatever the punishment... Fair enough, like, yeah, I'm not interested in, in you know, championships being reallocated to different parties, whatever. Like, I don't really care about that. I don't want to see that. I think what I do... What I would want to see, though, and again, this is... This is even if it was Mercedes, if it was Ferrari who'd, who'd done it. You'd want to see them really seriously fined, or I mean, I mean, fined in a significant way that kind of you know makes mm. it not sustainable for them to to do to, it to do that to 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 breach that rule. Or mm. you want to see them dock points for this season because it bleeds into the next season as well. Make no mistake, like if you yeah, if yeah. you do well on you know if you've got the best car one season, you spent a lot of money on it, then mm-hmm. those parts are going over to next season's car, even if it is well, a new formula. Exactly. There, therein also lies something in a scenario where you're entering a new aero formula. It's well worth throwing <laughs> throwing money at, yeah, exceeding yeah, well, rates yeah, because that's it. And you it, know you're going to be keeping some of that for multiple years to come. Yeah. Like teams will just start getting strategic about when they choose when to they break the, rule. the thing. It's, it's exactly the it's, same that's, with the engine regulations. Just convenience. Yeah. It's exactly the same with the engine regulations. They'll, they'll like they, they did with uh, with Russell this weekend. Oh, he's at the back of the grid, we'll throw a new engine in it and breach. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get a penalty anyway. Well, we're going to yeah. get a penalty, but it's not going to affect us anyway. F1, so yeah, it's, the same, it's exactly the same thinking. F1's always been about pushing the rules and bending the rules as far as possible without going and, over them, and sometimes and going breaking over them, them with efficiency. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And the financial regulations are no different. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the, the yeah, problem I mean, is is that in terms of dealing with it in real time, I I don't know how feasible that is. Just not because that that that's you either need to like like you say sort of make it so major for that amount of a breach, should there be one that the repercussions in future seasons aren't worth what you would gain that one year, or yeah, like you need to be doing to, something more the. <laughs> more in I've line actually, but that's so difficult it actually is possible to um to do, to do it in advance well not in not quite in advance but to do it you know as they spend and that's just like, just just like, give them literally give, give them 140 all... million and just be like no well you could do that or you could <laughs> you could have them just every transaction goes into a spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, collect, a collective spreadsheet and they just keep track of it every month you know mm-hmm. like it's the it's called feels QuickBooks. Like I don't know if you've ways. heard of it, but like it's yeah, just let's, just, let's just get them all books, on. Like... Let's get them all on QuickBooks. Like it, it can all just be the QuickBooks <laughs> Grand Prix of wherever we're at. Yeah. I mean, they're sponsored <laughs> by Workday. I'm pretty sure they've yeah, got some not sort far. of accounting <laughs> thing in that. Like um, at, at yeah. least there must be ways to do it quicker than ten months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an audit. It's a, it's. I mean, it, it's a proper deep dive, isn't it? It's a proper yeah. audit into you know detailed spending reports, and it and there must be getting really rooting down into every penny of it. So you can see why it would take a long time to to sort out a proper financial report like that, especially when you've got you know huge numbers of personnel still 
infinitely huge lists of components and even minute expenditure on things like dust caps, you know, <laughs> like yeah, still ridiculously expensive in Formula One, but they're things that like they, there's things they buy in bulk, there's things they don't buy in bulk and it all has to be accounted for. So yeah. Yeah, but then at the same time, the stuff that's carried, I don't know. Like, I'm excited to find out tomorrow what um, the outcome of all this is going to be. Um, it could turn out to be nothing. It could just all be a a, a distraction from, from what we've is. had this weekend. Part of me does, but part of me also quite likes the idea of having something to talk about that's after the Stephens won the championship next weekend. So <laughs> um, I don't really mind either way. Um, just to... Um... Yeah sort of wrap us up on this my absolute favorite thing out of all of it was um christian horner being interviewed and asked about it over the weekend saying mm-hmm. like well this whole process is supposed to be confidential so i don't know where there's all these rumors which is an entirely fair point yeah totally but then in the next breath he was like well apparently mercedes have been doing this yeah like, well <laughs> which which is it christian From either there's a leaky ship or i would like to know what the source is of that um of that news i think gazetto dello sport broke the news originally to give credit yeah to i read it's real news but they're I quite reputable thing, aren't they those yeah they are actually guys. i read one thing that suggested that essentially like the the sort of people and companies that do the financial stuff around this isn't a very big pool of people and when you've got a very small pool of people who all know each other working across different teams yeah. like this, they're going to talk to each other. And that's that was the suggestion I saw of ultimately where the leakiness came from. But I don't know. We'll that's see what tomorrow brings and we'll yeah, talk we'll about it more tomorrow. next week, I guess. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting times. Yeah. Uh, right, the next one then. Paul D, um, hey man, do you think rather than waiting until after the race, the steward should be allowed to ask questions to drivers during the race, obviously on a secure channel? Hmm... The stewards should be asked. Um, this, this, I guess, this is like you call you summon to the stewards to justify something there and uh, after the race, aren't you? And I think it's a minefield. I think if if something happened, if they were talking to the stewards and there was an accident, then they'd never, yeah. they'd never hear the end of it. So yeah, um, no, I think it's a bad idea. No, I think, and I'll, I know F one is a very different sport to most other, but. I can't think of many other sports where the referee has a chat to the competitors before they decide if they like what yeah. judgment they make. Like as the people making the judgments, just, you should have the convi- have the conviction to be like, yes, you have broken the rules. This is the penalty again. Don't have a chat to them first because, like, what did they really gain from talking to Perez after the race? Like, as if he was going to go up there and be like, yeah, you got me. Oh, I was miles behind yeah, the safety exactly. car. Ten I don't think it's seized. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like a referee running up to a player, isn't it? Like, and just going, "Oh, what? Why did you two foot tackle that guy?" And is they're just like, "Oh, well, I didn't really. I like, I put one foot in, and then the other foot kind of just <laughs> fell across." And like, "Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll not book you for that then. I'll, yeah, I'll, like, we'll yeah. not do anything about that." Like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. Next question from Lifting Coast. As long-time fans, can you share some perspective regarding Hamilton's frequency of driver errors? He was too aggressive into Turn 7 yesterday, then Imola 21 and Baku 21. Has Lewis made more or less or about the same number of mistakes the last two years as he always has? Mm, I think by averages, I would say he's made more, but he's also been under a 
more pressure in the last two years. So I think it kind of comes with the territory. Like he's made he's made about on par the same number of mistakes as Verstappen. I would I would have said. Like you've got to think about Verstappen, three sixteen yeah. in Hungary and kind of getting away with it. Hamilton managing to nosedive into a barrier and somehow getting the car out of it. I think. I think it's not necessarily the amount of mistakes you make, but it's more about your skill in sort of minimizing the consequences or like recovering from them. Yeah. So like I'm not saying I'm not saying it was skill to do it the way he did it, but <laughs> there's definitely something to be said for the fact that Hamilton managed to go nose first into a barrier and drive away from it and Latifi went nose f- and was it no it wasn't Latifi, was it? it which one was it? Was it uh, Albon? Albon, yeah. Yeah, Alba went nose first into a barrier and lost his front wing underneath it. Like, I think, or, or like Max going straight on into that corner, trying to make an overtake. Like, I think there's far more calculation in those top tier drivers as to where the risk versus reward balances more the reward if it comes good and the risk is lessened if it doesn't. And I think there's definitely an element to that. Um, but yeah, I, I think part of maybe where this question comes from is that Hamilton spent a good proportion of five years at the front, just having people follow him. So he he was he was he was never cursed in, but do you know what I mean? He wasn't he wasn't having to fight as hard to earn yeah, positions. So therefore, didn't need to take the risks that he's been taking in the last yeah, couple of yeah, years. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, next one, Adam Busby says, uh, "Why do we have wet weather tires if we don't want to use them when it rains?" I understand priority is driver safety, and we have seen some horrific crashes in the rain, but at the pinnacle of motorsport, shouldn't we be racing in all conditions instead of waiting for conditions to improve? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think the be. short answer is Pirelli haven't made very good wet weather tires. Um, Do we think that's what it is? They're just not good. The tires aren't good <clears throat> enough, so they don't I, want to use them. Or I, I think the it's partly that. I think the the gap between what inters and wets can handle is maybe too small as well. So like it seems to be a lot of the time of like, by the time if, if the cars are able to go out in wet weather, a lot of the time they want to get inters on because you, they, you know, you can mm. generally be a bit faster on inters and they tend to last a bit longer. Um, it is it's... weird though. I definitely feel like we spend more time watching an empty track being rained on in the last few years than we used to historically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think part of it is if the teams don't like running the tire, then um, that's not a reason to not start the race though. You know what I mean? If they don't like the tire because the tire is not as good as the intermediate, of course it's not as good as the intermediate tire. The, the track's more wet. It's going to offer. Well, I, th- I think it's more that <laughs> the there they. It's more like the stewards in the race direction not trusting the tire to be safe to send them out on. Your Formula the, One make a tire that's safe enough to send the cars out on. Then make a tell full Pirelli tire that. that works. Well, Pirelli, maybe they have. Maybe Pirelli have made it, and, and Formula One are just not trusting. I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to tell. Like, it is hard we to have tell. we have a wet tire, so they should be using the wet. So for me, it's simple. The the circuit is either full wet, intermediate, or dry, and therefore you run the you run the cars accordingly. You run the cars you, on the tire that suits the track. 
Do you think any element of it was to do with it being the Singapore circuit that it is? Maybe. As in as in Maybe. walls in extreme close proximity throughout basically shrouded by spray and stuff. Maybe it probably would kick up a lot like, of spray. Like for example, had the conditions been at a much more open traditional circuit, we'd have probably gone racing a lot sooner, wouldn't we? Is there maybe just a little bit of caution over the fact that we were walled into a tight street circuit and maybe that's why? But visibility. I'm, I'm just, been... just trying to play devil's advocate on, on why yeah. we might have waited longer than we were traditionally used to waiting. Definitely visibility would have become an issue with the wet tyre, mm. with the full wet tyre, because there was no, it was so humid, the water was, would could have potentially just been hanging in the air and yeah. making basically fog on the track under those all those um, big lights. And then as spectators, none of the cameras would have been able to see the cars. So <laughs> there's an issue there for sure. Um, mm. And maybe that, that could be why. That could be why they did it. Maybe they thought, we don't want to ruin the show. It's no good having the cars going around if no one can see them and they can't see each other. So maybe it is that the, the full wet tyre isn't suited to, to those very specific conditions of low breeze, mm. high humidity, um, you know, basically producing fog that will just stay in place around the circuit that's no one wants to see that no one wants to see a race where you can't see the cars so i can believe if if, if you're going to give them an excuse that's the excuse you give them yeah that that's the closest thing i can think to a reason for it and i would be interested to see similar conditions at say suzuka and you know see if we'd start a race or not for example yeah um Next one is from Jamal, and he asks, if Aston Martin truly want to make the next step to the front of the grid, why is no one talking about them becoming the main car supplied by Porsche? If the Porsche engine is as good as people expect, surely it would make sense to become the lead team rather than a customer team. That's interesting. Mm, I'm not really considering Well, Aston, Aston and Porsche are direct rivals, aren't they? I guess that's the, the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I think... I think, generally speaking, Aston don't want to put a Porsche engine in their car, and yeah, what Porsche don't want do... their car in. And as the what as do far Aston as I know, cars have these days. As far as I know, they were Mercs. I could be wrong. But... They were Mercs for a while. I think I thought they were developing their own road car engine. The, th- I, I don't know. If, I don't know it. if they are. The Valkyrie uh, is an Aston Martin. The Valkyrie has an Aston Martin engine in it. It is a, yeah. that's a specific. Yeah, engine developed by them. So, I think the direction they're traveling is like for their road cars is I would say is having their own engines. But there's a there's an argument to say creating your own internal combustion engine in 2022 if you're a car company is pointless because in 10 years you're not going to be able to sell them. Yeah. So, mm. um, I think. For Aston Martin as a Formula One team, it probably makes sense to remain until until they start doing electric powertrains. Then they might maybe decide to integrate their own sort of hybrid elements into their cars. But for now, you you're better off being a customer engine. And when you've already got a relationship with a, a an engine manufacturer like Mercedes, then I don't see a reason for them yeah. to move plus, away from that. And, and plus, the engine is more or less pa- on parity at the moment. Anyway, the yeah, they're the, so close together. These the days. Alpine's like marginally slower, but just look at qualifying um, this week. They were all so close together. Yeah, in those wet conditions. If 
if if there was a better engine than all the others, then that would be where I think an engine would have shone. shone. So mm. yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's they're so close together. It's not really worth right now messing around swapping all that much. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything more to add to that, gents? Or are we uh, are we happy? I think we're there. I think we're done. Yeah, we've managed cool. it. Well, on that note, then it's been a long it's been a long podcast and it, to go with a long race. <laughs> um, we've so achieved it. Don't forget to uh, go to the back of the grid. Back of the grid. Com to submit your predictions. Go to gridrival.com to update your grid rival teams. And you can contact us on all the socials, stay in touch, and we will see you next time. So goodbye. Bye, Bye. everyone.